Welcome to North Shore Newsweek. Hello, hello, everyone. We have a very special edition of North Shore Newsweek this week. As I'm sure you're used to uh, a bit of a more familiar voice kicking off the podcast in our editor-in-chief, Joe Coglin. But this is uh, senior editor Marty Carlino coming to you hosting this week's episode as Joe and his wife just welcomed their second child into the world. So congratulations to Joe, Lauren, and his family on welcoming their child. And we have a special guest joining us this week, and that is managing editor Megan Bernard. Megan, how's everything going for you today? It's going well. I'm so happy to be back. Uh, I think I'll be back for this one and the next week's, and maybe I'll uh, have to make a couple more guest appearances in the future. Just can't get enough of this local news podcast. Yeah, diehard fans of the podcast will remember remember Megan's stint on the podcast in early 2021, but uh, a very exciting return, and we're happy to have Megan join us this week. So a little bit of a, of a fun out of the ordinary episode this week, but we're still going to get down to the usual business of the podcast, which is bringing you the news. So to kick things off this week with our lead story, we have a big story out of Glencoe. I think this may be the first time that we've led the podcast with news out of Glencoe. Um, it certainly is the first time in uh, quite a bit that we have, if not the first overall. So that big news we got wind of late last week, and that was when uh, the Chicago Botanic Garden announced that starting in early 2020, so 22, excuse me, so the beginning of next year, they will be charging for the first time ever an admissions fee to get into the garden. So some big news out of there, uh, as we had mentioned, and it's uh, certainly one of the North Shore's most visited attractions and um, it'll be in for a, for a big change next year. So we had a chance to catch up with some officials from the garden, and they said that the admission fee is necessary to, quote, keep up with the growing public demand and expectations while also maintaining and sustaining the exceptional garden, the visitor experience, and science and learning programs that they offer. So um, there are some significant details that are going to go into this admission fee, and I encourage everyone to check out the story up on our website, therecordnorthshore.org, for all the information. But uh, to summarize it as broadly as we can here, the admission fee is going to vary between $9.99 and uh, can go up to as high as $25 for some of the peak, um, you know, higher traffic days uh, during the year, you know, the, the summer months when the garden is really in full bloom and some of, of course, the, the holiday and high traffic weekends that would typically occur during the weekend. However, Garden officials did estimate that at least uh, up to one third of the days will be near that uh, $9.95 price point. So, um, you know, significant amount of days will be um, priced below $9.95. They also estimated that those highest demand days will reach that 20% threshold uh, and possibly still exceed. Uh, Another note to uh, contribute into this story here is that the parking fee. Those who have been to the garden before know that um, there is a fee to park your car on on grounds there. That is still going to be in place, but it is going to be, according to garden officials, significantly cheaper um, once the admission structure goes into place. I believe right now the fee fluctuates somewhere between $20 and $30, depending on the time of the year, and officials are estimating that it will be um, somewhere in the $10 or so range once that admission fee goes in. 
Also noteworthy, uh, officials told us that there will be 52 free admission days per year as well. And those will likely align with some of the other uh, similar Chicagoland attractions, um, such as the Brookfield Zoo um, and some other um, natural, natural gathering spots around town. So uh, a very big change for one of the North Shores, if not the North Shores most notable um, tourist attractions and, you know, a beloved local favorite. Uh, Megan has quite a bit of experience covering the garden as she was formerly the editor of the Glencoe Anchor newspaper. Megan, you know, a pretty big change coming in here and uh, uh, something that will probably um, send a bit of shockwaves to, to patrons who have been uh, longtime guests of the garden. Yeah, I, I guess I wasn't surprised myself to see that they're going to be charging admission. I always thought that it was interesting that they only had charged for parking. Um, but as I read your story further, hearing that they're going to lower the parking fee and then kind of make up for that with the, the uh, new admission fee made sense to me. But I, we have been getting a little bit of feedback on our social media pages over on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, people, some people are surprised by it. Some people kind of understand it who are from the area. I guess it'll be interesting to kind of see how it all plays out, um, come next year. Yeah. I'll be very interested to see what their attendance numbers will be like next year compared to, um, what it would be like in a, in a normal year. You know, the, uh, as you had mentioned, Megan, the, the garden at going into an admission structure is not overly surprising, but I think it, uh, it did, it did catch a significant amount of people off guard. Right. Well, that is our lead story this week. As I mentioned earlier, I encourage you to check out our website for more details on that if you're interested. And now we go into our usual down the shore segment where we start out with Glencoe again. So two for one Glencoe special here. <laughs> Glencoe is coming in hot this week. Absolutely. Absolutely. And some more exciting news out of Glencoe with this one. So we had previously reported on a, on a story we first got wind of while covering a Glencoe Village Board meeting, and that was that local officials were teasing a, uh, a big-name talent concert in uh, over Labor Day weekend on September 4th in downtown Glencoe. We now have official word from um, representatives and organizers of the concert that the, band, the headlining band performing at that concert is going to be the well-known rock band OAR. So that announcement just came into uh, um, just came into our winds a couple minutes here ago. So we're kind of reporting the news on this podcast live, and uh, that story will go live on our website very shortly here. So um, some exciting news about that concert, and it was uh, drew quite the speculation when we first reported the news. So did you um, have any guesses, Marty, who it was going to be? At I first? did. Ha- I did have some guesses. Yeah, <laughs> we actually made a few of those on that podcast, I believe, when we first uh, recorded that episode a couple weeks back ago. My guess was Fallout Boy. I was uh, I might have also thrown a Lewis the Child guess in there. So oh, over, the over, local tie. Over two as usual for Mart on his guesses, <laughs> but uh, but that's okay. Very exciting um, news here. And you know, 100 percent of the ticket revenue from this con from this concert is going to be donated to the Glencoe Schools PTO. So a charitable concert and a a very fun evening that is going to be for a good cause. Right now, the information that we have is tickets will go on sale June 26th, which is just a couple of days away. Um, Food and beverages will be sold at the the concert. Uh, Right now, it looks like the general admission price is going to be uh, around $30. Um, It does seem like it will be a 21 and over concert. 
with about 3,000 total tickets sold for the event. So we had first reported they were targeting around 2,500 guests, but um, it's a little bit higher now as restrictions and capacity limits um, that were once related to, um, that were once mitigation measures for the COVID-19 pandemic begin to ease and roll back a little bit. So really exciting um, concert coming in and a fun event as sort of a a post-COVID gathering, one of the first big post-COVID gatherings in Glencoe that we'll see. So keep an eye out for uh, more information in the story. As I mentioned, now moving forward to our next town, we'll be heading over to Winneka, where Megan has some information on a story Joe reported on on a local on a holiday um, that happened this past weekend. Yeah, so on Saturday, Joe was actually out there right before uh, the new addition to his family. So kudos to him, but he was able to capture a very nice event over on the Winnetka Village Green, where if you don't know, um, Martin Luther King actually gave a speech there many years ago. Um, But this was for the holiday of Juneteenth. So their residents, locals, everyone in the area that was interested gathered there in the Village Green for a culmination of a program called Hidden Stories of the North Shore. This program was put on by the Heroes Group. And if you're not familiar, it's actually an educational uh, group. I think they're out of Nutrier, the parents of Nutrier and students. And Heroes stands for Healing Everyday Racism in Our Schools. So this group put on this first ever Juneteenth event. They had live music, they had speakers, um, everything to culminate that program which was very nice to see. Um, We had beautiful pictures up there. So if you missed out on that and kind of wanted to see the recap of maybe what's to come in future years, you can check that out on our site as well. Yeah, definitely. As you mentioned, Megan seems like a very nice community event that was held last weekend seems as uh, also that there was a really nice crowd, which is um, very encouraging as well. And uh, we had a, a really nice day for it last weekend as well, weather-wise. Maybe a little bit too hot for some, but uh, <laughs> seemed like a, a really nice event. So check out our site for some more information on that as well. And now we're going to um, quickly go through uh, Northfield as we make our way down the shore. And uh, this is a little bit more related to Winneka, but also, of course, uh, affects Northfield and all of our other communities that we cover as well, because it is Nutria High School news. And that news is that tonight, the Winneka Plan Commission will be hearing um, a proposal uh, and all the um, proposed renovations from Nutria High School for its Gates Gymnasium at the Winneka campus. So we've reported pretty extensively on this uh, story in the past and this project in the past. And for those who aren't familiar, Nutria High School is uh, embarking on a $75 million project that's going to replace um, the Gates Gymnasium on the Winneka campus and pretty much reimagine the entire side of that that campus. So very huge project. Um, Construction, if all gets approved and all goes goes as planned, is started to get underway uh, in December of this year with an estimated completion date for the project. Um, in 2023, at the beginning of the 2023 school year. So um, that new project would bring a a new competition gym to to New Trier um, with all kinds of great new features, an indoor track, a six-lane indoor track, a turf area, um, some new learning classrooms for the academic side of things as well. So very exciting project. Um, We've reported extensively, as I mentioned. So if you just go to our website and uh, type in Gates in the search bar, you'll probably see about 10 stories 
um, in the past six months or so related to this project. So it's moving along and it's now starting to make its way in front of the necessary village boards and uh, village government entities that will need to approve the project. So we expect those approvals will come um, as sort of Nutrier has laid out quite the plan here that uh, uh, they've worked with village officials to, to make. So um, sort of just a, a matter of time here as we move forward, but necessary approvals nonetheless. Moving on over, we're going to skip over Kenilworth and head on over to Wilmette, where we have um, some news that came from the Wilmette Police Department last night. Yeah, this was pretty late last night, um, Tuesday evening. So if you missed out on this story, I urge you to check this out because it's pretty important. Um, unfortunately, a man is wanted in Wilmette for indecent exposure and solicitation of a child. Yesterday, Tuesday afternoon, he approached um, two minors, females on a Wilmette sidewalk over on Linden Avenue, exposed himself, um, solicited the minors, and then just drove off. Um, we do have some descriptors here of the car. It was a blue four-door hatchback. The victims weren't sure of the make or model. Um, we do have questions into the police right now to kind of see if they have any direction to see where this car went. Um, descriptors on the offender. Let's see if I could pull them up here. The subject was described as a white male in his 20s, brown or red hair, wearing a white or beige hat and glasses. Um, these are the details that we have right now. We're hoping to have an update on the story, um, possibly some charges. We're not really sure where this stands as of this morning. But if you do have any information, um, we have the contact on our story, but I'll list it off here. Contact the Wilmette Police Department, um, Detective, Detective John Sokolnik if I'm saying that correctly, um, he is at 847-256-1200. Um, again, if you have any information, contact the Wilmot Police Department and hopefully they can get a lead on this case. Yeah, absolutely. And as Megan mentioned, this is a developing story. So um, keep tabs on our website here in the coming hours and days as we um, get uh, information and hopefully um, get some more um, identifiers regarding the um, subject in this matter. So that makes up this week's Down the Shore segment. Now we're going to be moving on to everyone's favorite part of the podcast and um, a part where we're going to have a little bit more fun than more recently. And um, that is, of course, our fan favorite featured feature segment. And we've got a little special something brewing for this <laughs> feature feature. And I'm going to kick it over to Megan, who reported on a real fun story out of Wilmette. Oh, how I love that pun, Marty. <laughs> All right. So on a little bit more of a lighter note here, um, I checked in with a Wilmette man, Scott Frank. He actually started brewing beer in his garage. I think it was like 15 years ago or something like that. Um, he actually created a full brewery, believe it or not, out, out of his garage um, and has just been enjoying it as he called it a full-time hobby. He also has a full-time job. Um, but most recently, he's kind of switching gears and he is becoming the head brewer at the Double Clutch Brewery, which we actually featured on our site maybe a month ago or so, um, which is an Evanston brewery. It's opening, he said, in the beginning of August. They don't have an exact date yet. But um, back to Scott, he is like all focused on this German lager. He said that he's used to obviously brewing his garage, but the beer that he will be brewing at the brewery 
is will be a 30 times larger operation. So he is very confident about it. It was very fun to catch up with him and kind of hear about his passion, what he'll be doing at the brewery. He's really excited to get beer in those tanks pretty soon. I think it's all set up. They're just kind of waiting to get a couple more check marks before they open and um, the public will be able to officially taste Scott's beer. So it's pretty cool. Obviously it's an Evanston brewery, which is very close by, but it has that Wilmot tie as well. And we just love to see it. Yeah, really fun feature story from Megan, who has really made it um, an amazing part of, of her work here with the record recently with some awesome features that have uh, wow, really, thank you. really had some great reactions from our readers. And of course, all that work and all of our other civic journalism can be found on our website, which is, again, therecordnorthshore.org. And that, that work is made possible from support through you. So thank you, as always, for listening to this podcast. And um, you know, pass along any word that you can that uh, that that work is made possible through subscriptions, donation, and your community's support. So before we wrap up this week's episode, we have um, another uh, fun part where we like to look ahead a little bit and see what's coming up on the uh, radar here in the next couple of days. So we have a um, here in the next few days, we'll have coverage of the Wilmette Village Boards meeting, which occurred last night, and that should be up on our website here in uh, the very near future. And then we also are going to be covering um, and providing some, some recap from the Winneco Planning Commission meeting that we alluded to earlier in this episode where we'll potentially see um, also a, a, a small townhome development that is in the work. So keep your eyes out for those stories. And then um, of course, we've got some more fun features uh, coming down the radar as well. So. Thank you, as always, for joining us on this week's episode. This wraps it up. Megan, any final parting words for your appearance this week? Uh, I just want to say thanks for hosting me again, Marty. Absolutely. We had a fun time. Maybe we'll knock out a few more, minus everyone's favorite host, Joe Coughlin. We'll see about that. Hopefully, he'll be back here on uh, North Shore Newsweek very soon. Thank you again, everyone, for listening. We appreciate your time. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.